you're listening to Passion Pods 3 with Jessica Graham. So, Miss Jessica Graham, what is the dealio, please, my love? We need a bit of a background of you. I did an art foundation course at Bristol. Then I studied surface design in London, which is designing patterns for wallpapers and textiles and ceramics. And then I left and did various work placements for different people, um, like Sunday Times Style magazine, and then a woman that designed wash bags, so it was quite varied. But then I thought that I wanted to design products myself. And so I've been doing that, um, working with people in India, trying to get these products made. So is textile design always something that you wanted to do? Do you know, weirdly, I'm one of those weird, freakish people that if you asked my mother this, I drew wallpaper designs when I was about six. Oh, that's quite smart. And she has a folder of <laughs> wallpaper designs. Really? So I don't know where that came from. I have absolutely no idea. Because that's a massively unusual it's really thing. weird. Gosh, what do you think inspired you to do something like that? When I was younger, we lived in Japan, and I had the most peculiar toys. I mean, literally, the toys in Japan are so random, like these cute little sort of cupie dolls and like bunnies. And and so when I was at uni, we had a project where we had to go to a museum and draw, fill a whole sketchbook wow. full of stuff. And I went into the V&A, I think it was, in there was like an oriental doll section or something. And I thought, you know what, rather than just stay in the V&A all day, I might just go back to mum and dad's house and just draw all of the stuff in their house. <laughs> <laughs> they have so they have so many so many random little Japanese figurines and stuff, and that's actually where the entire first collection of my cushions pretty much came from. That right. So you set up your own company straight off the back of your uni course, then did you? Yeah, I think I graduated, and then I think I did a year or two doing work placements and various different jobs, and then in the beginning of two thousand eight, I decided this is what I want to do. I want to release a range of cushions because I thought that was something that you could kind of show your designs quite easily. So I thought a range of nine different cushions, get them all manufactured in India because I know this is not what people want to hear, but I found out that it's quite expensive to get stuff manufactured in England. Right. And like, because I wanted them all to be screen printed and then stitched and it was just cheaper to go to India. But obviously I wanted to make sure that it was all ethically sort of sourced and all the work, like good working conditions. So I flew out to India a few times and the factories were lovely and it's actually a factory where Debenhams makes a lot of their stuff. So had someone recommended the factory to you or did you have some like tips on how to find them or how did you go about that? It was. A friend of a friend knew somebody who knew a sourcing agent in India. So I got in touch with the sourcing agent in Delhi and he set up a few meetings for me and I went out there. And so one meeting was really good. That was in Delhi. And then you get the horror story. Yeah, oh you gosh. Then, there was another one, which was a two-hour flight from Delhi. And we then had to drive five hours oh from the God. airport to a factory. We got there and they didn't know who I was. Bearing in mind, they were meant to have made up samples. And the guy said, oh no, the factory that did know where you that you were coming, that's five minutes from the airport where you've just come from. Was he coming with you to that place? Yeah, he was with us the whole time. So at that point, are you thinking, oh my God, who is this guy? Like, Because yeah, yeah. he, he's in charge of organising it. Yeah, disaster. Oh. That should have been the warning bells there, really. Um, but this was the second guy. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. This is the yeah. second guy. Sorry, I'd already been with another factory who sent me a whole load of stuff 
that wasn't colour fast. So I kind of wanted to have faith. I thought, oh, surely this isn't going to happen again. And yeah, so we went to see this other factory, which was a disaster. So really, we needn't have left Delhi. So you did end up using that factory then? Yes, I did. And they were brilliant for the baby products, which arrived beautifully made six months after they promised me that they were going to arrive. So that was the issue there. They were very, very delayed. You mentioned just now about the first lot of guys that you dealt with and that not quite working out. So what happened there? That was right back at the very beginning, wasn't it? So first round factory, actually, he wasn't a sourcing agent. He was just the factory that I was put in touch with in Delhi again. And um, they arrived a week before I was doing my first ever trade fair, like launching myself. And I thought, I'm just going to wash them to test them and just ink just poured off them like black ink everywhere so I couldn't obviously use them and then I went to the fair with like one sample of each and when you go to these fairs people place orders and they want this they want the goods like within a month at most and it lost me a lot of orders by having to say well it will take who knows how long because they've got to reprint this whole batch because nothing I had was saleable and then like amazingly, this launch of Jessica Graham won this best new children's product, which was good, obviously, but then obviously really bad because I didn't have, it kind of drew attention to me, which is great. So then everyone wanted to place the orders for products which I didn't have. Which is almost, if you were to write the worst case scenario. Oh, and actually, just to add to that, the prize that I won for winning that award was a free stand at the next trade fair two months later, which is unbelievable because the trade fairs are so expensive, but absolutely horrific because I still didn't have any products. So it's going back to the same crowd and being like, oh, here I go again, and it would be for free. I would never have done a trade fair that soon afterwards, knowing that I had no products. There's no way, that was not in my plan. But I won it. And you don't want to admit, like I didn't want to admit I don't have the products because then that looks horrific. So then I had to quickly knock up some prints, sell some framed prints just to have something on my stand because... But then but that's really funny though, isn't it? Because your passion pod has developed really, hasn't it? Quite substantially with those prints. Because you now, you sell quite a few of those. Yes, and actually that's kind of what I want to focus on is now prints and illustrations because I can control it. How funny. Sort of like complete 180. Yeah, so it just came, it came from the disaster and the panic. Cool, so if you just said you're moving away from the production part of it and back more towards the illustration. So what is going on right now for Jessica Graham? Well, I have these baby products, obviously, which are um, hooded towels, baby blankets, wash bags, bib sets. And I'm selling those through my website and through Not On The High Street. And I'm also doing some children's books, which feature characters similar to some of my textile designs. Alongside that, I'm doing these swimming trunk designs for this men's swimwear brand, which is launching later this year. So how did that come about then? It was a friend of a friend. She was setting up the swimming trunk company and her designer had let her down. And so my friend said, oh, well, I know this girl. It's word of mouth so much, isn't it? Exactly. And just doing that for her and just suddenly getting out like lino and doing lino cuts and doing all this stuff that I just haven't done for ages. I mean, that's fun. That's what I, that's what I trained at. That's, that actually is what kind of got me excited again about what I was doing because with all of the cushions and the baby products I like I said I designed them years ago and since then it's been all the slog of getting them produced getting them sold it's what I think I find so fascinating is how easy it is to become so detached
detached from the initial reason why you started. Mm. Exactly. I had before I did these swimming trunk designs, I literally had not picked up a pencil and a sketchbook and just sketched for about two years. Which just seems mental when it's, it's like insane. I just had been doing all the kind of admin stuff and none of the designing. Yeah, that's your passion. Yeah. That's why you started. How do you make it doable financially, all of this stuff? Week to week, month to month? I work two days a week in a finance company as a PA and receptionist, which isn't my ideal choice, but it's been brilliant, actually. When I started in my interview, they said, you know, you've got to promise us you'll definitely be here a year. And I said, oh yeah, of course, thinking absolutely not. I've now been there three and... So it must it's, really work, that setup really for you. It really does. It's really good. On a Tuesday and Wednesday, I go in, I leave at 5.30 and I don't have to think about it. It literally pays my bills and I go and then three days of the week I can do what I want on my stuff. Yeah, because it's really interesting, actually. Other people I've spoken to, we've talked about working within the industry and whether that's a help. But almost, it's like working in a completely separate industry. The separation from it is what gives you the ability to then be creative in your stuff. Yeah. Sweetie, do you think your biggest challenge was with the printing? In India. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was India. Like I love absolutely love India. And maybe I was sucked in by my love for India that I just so wanted it to work. Um but probably that was the biggest challenge. Like at one point I got on a plane, I went out to Delhi, I sat in the factory and I proved all of the um fabric, I proved all of the printing, I proved the stitching, I proved the colours, I proved everything. So I went home and they sent me completely different fabric to what I'd approved, printed totally differently from what I approved, different colours. And you sort of think, well, what what more could I have done? I was going to ask you, actually, if you were to give one piece of advice to somebody setting it up. I think my initial comment at the beginning saying that it's very expensive to get it made in England. Looking back, the amount of money that I've lost and the amount of time that I have wasted, I would spend a little bit extra money to start, do it in England and get everything perfect. So then you can like build up a customer base with products that you know are perfect because you have been like on site checking everything and dealing with it yourself rather than putting your business into someone else's hands, which, you know, that's how businesses run. That's what people do. But at this stage, I have decided that I want to just focus on like the design side. I guess it's just a different way of approaching it, isn't it? Yeah. And I just, I like now I look back and I just kind of cringe sometimes. I'm like, God, I had no idea. But how are you meant to have had an idea? Yeah. Because you don't know until you try it. That's the whole point with all of this stuff, isn't it? Yes, it's difficult sometimes, but if you believe enough in what you're doing, mm. surely that's the essence that you know keeps driving yeah, you. Yeah, and that, that is why I've changed direction slightly because I have 100% faith in my designs. So it is much easier to sell because I've done it and I know everything about it and I can talk about it. What advice would you have given yourself at that time then? I would have started with, because I started with nine different designs. If I was going to do it again, I maybe would have chosen three designs and done a range of different products. So got reams of fabric printed in those three designs, but then got lots of different products made up rather than just cushions. Because 
people have cushions on their sofa they don't really change them that often also what i realized people want a cheap gift so a lot of my cushions they were about 25 to 30 pounds and that i found was too much people look for a kind of under 10 pound or an under 20 pound gift so maybe what i should have done like at that stage launch with like wash bags and baby blankets and all the stuff that i did eventually go on to do but it would have been quite good i think to launch with like a wider range rather than just cushions which is very small if you think in the last year the things you've done your range has really grown and changed and your direction has been much more honed in now every day i'm busy like busy busy doing something whereas the time when i was working in india every day i'd check my emails obsessively just thinking when are these products going to arrive like they were so delayed fire all these emails off and just just watch my email screen like I was completely at their mercy like I hated being so reliant on someone else and when you set up a company of your own that's exactly why you do it to not be yeah isn't it exactly and the irony of that is oh, it's just painful mm. that that's what exactly it ended up being yeah what do you think your biggest challenge then now is Coming up, the biggest challenge is definitely getting this book out there. And there's a book fair in April. And it's where all of the publishers, all of the agents are all in one one place. And you've just got to be really brave. And I'm going to go with loads of mock-ups of my book and just go and just show it to as many people as possible and hope to get some useful feedback. And the worst they can say is no. But the best thing they can say in six months' time is, oh, I met this great girl, you know, and pass them on to someone that, you yeah. know, might be able to take it further. Yeah, fingers crossed. Are there any books or websites or anything that have helped with any of this? What's really helpful, actually, the Children's Writers and Artists Yearbook is the best, best thing I have bought. It lists publishers and agents. That's useful. But the most useful thing in there is true life stories from illustrators and authors like Lauren Childs, who did Charlie and Lola. Amazing. The first book that she did, she took to so many publishers and every single person said, change the writing, change the pictures, change this, change that. And she stuck to her guns. She did not change a thing. And she went on for, I think, something ridiculous, like four years or something. She went she went on for so many years trying to get the book published and one day someone said oh actually you know, I'll give it a go and it is one of the biggest children's books ever now it's TV series aprons lunch boxes it's everything and in different countries don't they have it in different languages I think so I love it I think it's brilliant and so that is so inspiring like the days when I think oh my goodness this is so hard you just get that book out and you think everybody gets rejected so you just have to sort of keep keep at it and that someone that can be as successful as she has has been on exactly the same journey as you and so many other people are yeah are there any other bits and bobs or is that the main sort of thing that you'd recommend that would inspire someone in a similar position to where you're at now yeah I mean for any writers or illustrators then yes that book is brilliant for things like the going to India and the textile design stuff, that is hard because there aren't many information sources for that. I think there's a website and that lists all like UK manufacturers. Apart from that, maybe it's a case of if you know you want to do something like a gift item or homeware or something, find out where the trade fairs are and go and visit the trade fairs. Go and speak to some of the exhibitors if they look like they're having a quiet time on the stand. You could just go and have a chat. Some people don't want to chat, but some people do. Or even just looking on the websites for the trade fairs and things, it will list all of the exhibitors and then you can just see who's exhibiting and then you can just look on their websites and see if you get any information on there of how they set up. 
You've been listening to Passion Pods 3 with Jessica Graham.